Midair Nation proudly presents The Bucking Cap Show, live on blogtalkradio.com. And now, here are your hosts, Buck and Cap. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Buck and Cat Show here on the Dead Air Nation Network, presented by Gnarly Beer Co. Go and check out our sponsors at gnarlybeerco.com. Make sure you enter the promo code SINISTER for a discount if you are placing an order. And I mean to tell you, folks, this group is great with their beard oils and, and such, but there's so much more than that. Go check them out gnarlybeercode.com. Welcome to the show. It's been a couple weeks. Uh, yours truly was on vacation last week, so that's why we did not have a show. But uh, part of why we wanted to talk about what you're doing this summer to stay cool and what are your favorite things to do during the summertime. So I noticed that Buck is calling in from his cell phone, so that can only mean that he's having some Skype issues. Am I correct, Buck? No, no, um, no. I don't know why. I don't know why my cell phone number is up there, but I'm calling through Skype. Um, I I had uh-huh. a couple of weeks ago. I had a fantasy football draft and had some issues getting the guy on screen, showing his face and everything like that. Took some time, um, got it to work. Uh, because of it, though, for some reason, yeah, I must have hit some kind of thing that has my cell phone shown as where yeah. I'm calling from. Links your phone number to your Skype account. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I gotta, I gotta figure out how to get that back off. But well, since you've said, made that mistake, let's uh, let our listening audience know that number. Uh, if you want to reach Buck, you can. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> First of all, I think anybody who actually has my number and has called me will tell you that that won't even work in order to get a hold of Buck. <laughs> so nice try there, in some cases. brother man. Well, I, but I'm just, you know, it's not necessarily that they get a hold of you. It's more so about them calling you left and right and you sitting there going, oh, my God. I got to change my number now. Well, you know, you never know. Give or take, you know, get get some bad calls in, but also get some, you know, maybe nice booby shots. Who knows? And that's right. I said boobies. You think that uh, some you know, chicks will send you some uh, naked pics? You know who has a nice set of boobies? Ladies and gentlemen, my brother Cappy has... A nice set of boobs. Those are mm-hmm. pretty boobs. Yeah, they're just slightly bigger than yours. <laughs> just slightly. I'm uh, envious. Anyway. Yeah. So, Buck, what have you been doing to stay cool uh, this summer season? I've been walking around naked. Lies, but you know, hey, all right. <laughs> I mean, you're just trying... <laughs> uh, when I get the chance, I do. Uh, luckily, uh, inside the house is quite cool, 
It's a little it's a little different than I'm used to. Uh, but there are moments where you have like all of a sudden I'm like, why is it so warm? And you know, just like the old place, I have a fan in my room, and the fan, mm-hmm. you know, I have it directed right towards me. Uh, and I and I just like the other place, you know, decided I want I want to keep it on me when I go to bed at night. But the difference between this place and that place is, I used to go to bed in the other place with no covers, you know. Uh, a tank top maybe on and a pair of shorts like at any time of the year. Uh, as, as Like mm-hmm. even winter time, it gets so hot in there because the heat was kicking so good that uh, I'd have the window open like most of the year. Now we'll see if that happens at this place. But what I will say is that during summertime, you know, that – you know, had to have the uh, the fan on me at all times. And I guess I'm just used to it. So I came over here and, you know, a couple things. One, the fan is good for, you know, hitting me and it, it actually helps put me to sleep um, because it's hitting me and also because of the noise. I, I feel like that has helped me um, as well to get to sleep. So if you really want to know what keeps me cool, eh, basically that fan. Um, n- nothing at work. <laughs> I've been so hot at work. Uh, and I've been working my butt off, and it's it's been it's been a rough summer when it comes to the heat. It, it's been crazy oppressive, and uh, but you know you got to endure it and you got to get through. And, you know, the one thing I hate about the work thing, though, is that, you know, day in and day out, you're walking in with a pair of pants on. I'm like, man, you know, in the work conditions that we deal with, it's not like we're sitting at a uh, Mm. desk or anything. So I'm like, man, can I please put on a pair of shorts? But, you know, such is life. Yep. Well, I don't know many places uh, of business where you get to wear shorts. I mean, there's there's some out there. I mean, especially if you're down the shore, if you're, you know, uh, beach patrol, that type of thing. But that, that's kind of different. I mean, you know, a lot of businesses. I will say this, Buck. When I was driving for a living for a home health care company in the summertime, we were able to wear shorts. They were uniformed shorts, but... At least they were shorts. So that's what I'm talking about. How's feel? I am a commercial mover. Any other place, mm-hmm. actually, believe it or not, in the summertime is allowed to wear shorts. We're not. Interesting. Betty, got to keep that. Got to keep that business-like uh, look on us. Yeah. It's okay if uh, the pants are. Hanging down below your ankles. If the pants are all torn up and ripped, uh, and it looks like you haven't had a new pants in 20 years, that's all good because they're pants. Mm-hmm. No shorts. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Very, very interesting. So, 
Uh, last week, vacay. Buck actually joined me a couple days. Well, actually, we could say one and a half. The the one day he got down there kind of late. But you know what? We had a good time. We had a good meal that night, I thought. Um, we didn't get to the beach with you, though, Buck. But then, you know, in talking with you, you're like, eh, I'm not much of a beach guy. No. So explain. Well, we, we went um, to the... We went to the beach for years um, as a family, and I guess I just took for granted, okay, you know, everybody in the family not necessarily loves the beach, but, you know, likes the beach because we were constantly on it. But but needless to say, when you said that, I was like, yeah, you know, because normally I'm not a big beach person, but, you know, the past couple of years... When I've been down there, I've taken full advantage of it for some reason. Well, here, here's my here's my explanation, because you basically summed it up. Um, you know, when I was younger, when I was you know a, just you know a teenager, just starting to drive, and you know in my twenties, a good portion of my twenties, um, you know due to the jobs that I had and everything like that, you know, I, I frequented the beach quite often. Um, you know, I used to stay down there in the trailer during the summertime. So on my days off, you know, when here and there, I, I go to the beach, you know, uh, of course the trailer had, you know, the beach on, um, the lake, you know, which I enjoyed. And of course it had the pool which I also enjoyed. But the best part about that is I, I had a system when I'd have a day off, and, of course, I worked for that campground. Um, I had a system where on my day off I'd go to the beach. I'd come back, and I'd go over to the lake, you know, probably like three-ish. I'd go over to the lake. And then around five-ish, they closed the lake off. You know, lake's closed. And so I would work my way up to the um, the pool. Yeah, and there were a couple of times where I would go to the lake at three, and there were not a lot of people there, and they would try to close it early. You know, so I get on the walkie-talkie, I'd be like, "Hey, it's Bill, a uh, buck," and um, I'd. I'm just curious. I'm over here at the lake. I'd like to, I just got here. I'd like to hang out a little bit. Do you mind if I close it at five? You know, so, so there were some times where I was actually sitting there and, you know, just chilling by myself. You know, sometimes people would show up and I'd let them know we're closing at five and, and whatnot. But, you know, that, that was my normal routine there. And then after I stopped working there, I would go um, from whatever job I was doing. I I worked at a supermarket down there one year, which kind of actually that I hated that job. <laughs> I hated that place. Super fresh, and I I'm, I tell you, it seemed like every week, you know, they'd sit there and they'd be like, "Hey, uh, you know," and there was a lot to it, a lot behind the story, but. They'd be like, hey, you know, 
if you could focus on doing this and doing that, and I'm like, nobody ever tells me to do anything like when I'm on the job. So I just go and I pack shelves and I make sure the sales items are, are full. And they were like, yeah, but you know, and we'll leave you a list. And they never left me a list and it bothered me. So, you know, that's getting too long in the story. What I would do is I would get a, I'd get asked usually the day before I'd, have to take a day off and usually that was like Monday and Tuesday and they'd be like oh do you think you can come in tomorrow we're short staffed sure no problem and then I'd come in on that Monday and then they'd be like hey do you think you can come in tomorrow we're short staffed and I said amazing you don't ever give me a list you give me crap about doing a list that I never get and yet you always want me to come in (laughs) It, it was a crazy job, you know, but when I started working there and when I started, um, you know, eventually coming home, working for the soda companies I used to work for, again, working during, uh, have my days off during the week in the summer, and I would go down there. I would go down to the beach. I'd hang out there for the day and usually go to Sea Isle and come off of the uh, beach, go to the carousel, which was a outdoor bar there and have a couple of drinks and see where the night left. me. You know, sometimes I would come home right away, you know, nothing happening. Sometimes I'd run into people or start talking with people. And, and before you know it, I'd be there all night. You know, and I wind up sleeping somewhere and see how I knew a good amount of people that I could stay if I had to. And then, after that, you know, sometimes there would be times where I'd be going right to work after my two days off or my one day off, uh, right from the, right from the shore. So, you know, needless to say, uh, to shorten the rest of the story up, I've had my fill of the beach. So I'm now... You know, the waves hit me when I'm out in the water. I'm like, ah, that hurts. You know, I'm sitting there. I, I, I really have a bad time just sitting in the sun. I don't like it. And, you know, instantly it's like seems like I'll go from not being even close to being burnt in the beginning of the year. Uh, I would come not even close to being burnt to like two seconds later. I'm like, I just got burnt. It It, it was like instantaneous. So... I don't miss any of that. I, I you know, there, I'd rather do other things. You know, I had my fill, and you know, there's other things to do, especially down the shore. There's so much that still haven't done, and a lot of people haven't done because you know they're always focused on the beach. The other thing is that I feel like people just take too much shit to the beach, and it just takes up a ton of room, and it annoys me. It does. Mm-hmm. So, oh, now those you got are all the reasons throwing tents up. It's like what? You know, first it was umbrellas, now it's damn tents. Yeah, like those half tents. Um, don't get me wrong. You know, uh, when I see them and I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, I don't want to be out in the sun. I want to get under that tent. You know what I mean? Um, that being said, it's another thing when I'm on vacation that I have to worry about doing 
instead of just plopping a chair down and sitting in the chair with my sunglasses on. You know, I, 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 you know, it, like you said, it started out with an umbrella. You poke that thing in, the wind takes it. All of a sudden they created this thing that you literally drill into the sand. And then you put the umbrella in and then, oh, that worked good for a while. And then, oh, wait, we need, we keep changing our chairs around. We need something else to cover us. 90% of the people, maybe I'm wrong on that percentage, but 90% of the people that go to the beach don't even go into the water. So what's the point? You don't go into the water. Me personally, I like to play games when I'm up there, throwing a Frisbee around or a football or some washers or even cornhole or whatever, whatever I can get myself into when I'm on the beach. That is something that I enjoy to do. But when it comes to actually like people just sitting there, it's not for me. So that's not why, that's uh-huh. reasons why I'm not really a beach person. You asked. I like to go and get a suntan, but I also enjoy the the water. I'll I'll go into the water now. Uh, I can't do, you know, really any of the things that I used to be able to do, like ride the waves and stuff like that, which I love to do. I know you liked to do it before. Our father loved to do that. Right in the ocean, pick the first wave, ride it all the way to shore. Sometimes he would come back, and other times, boom, he just got right up and went, sat in his chair, read a book, drank something, something like that. But, I mean, I I, I get you, too, because, you know, there are times I, I even found myself this week when I was down there looking at a couple people. I'm like, oh, my God, this guy's not putting his umbrella in properly. I could just see this thing flying out with the winds, and, you know, now we've got to you know, take cover or, you know, you know, I got to watch out for my daughters, you know, getting hit, that type of stuff. That's the crazy shit that I think of. Honestly, I do. But uh, we also had people with, you know, when I said tents, I'm talking about the pop-up tents, like the nine by nine, the 10 by 10 that we used to use for our Halloween maze book. I mean, it's like, okay, what are we, you know, you got the grill, what's next, you know? You're going to be bringing grills. You're going to be bringing everything else out. Um, when you have kids, young kids, I understand the need to bring a ton of stuff and the need to cover them up from the sun uh, so that they don't get uh, burned to a crisp. You know, you got their toys. You also have to have, you know, something to drink, something to eat for them if you're going to be out there all day. Me, personally, I'm good with a chair cooler with, uh, you know, some water in it and, um, you know, something to snack on. Oh, and a thing of sunscreen, you know. Sometimes I don't always put the sunscreen on or I don't reapply enough, but I've, uh, I usually tan up pretty good. So, you know, I, I'm not getting burned, but not good for my skin. But anyway, I mean, we enjoyed it. Uh, the water on a on a couple of the days was really nice. I was like, it wasn't too hot. You know what I mean? When it gets to be like bath water, it's like, eh, I'm out. Um, 
Now, there were a couple of days. It was really nice. The last day that we were there, it was a bit chill. Uh, but once you got in, it was nice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you, for everything I just said about the beach, I I will say there is a certain time where I feel like I can go out there and enjoy myself. And that is typically after four. And I'll sit I'll uh-huh. sit on that puppy till till eight thirty nine, you know, when it gets dark. That is an enjoyable time on the beach. You know, the the crowd mm-hmm. definitely, you know, falls away. Um, you know, you don't have to hear the whistles of the lifeguard. Uh you have a lot of free range you know, to roam, you know, and now I'm not the person that I used to be. Like I used to like doing that and I used to like to go out in the ocean with no lifeguard now keep in mind it was lifeguard certified and trained at the time so <laughs> maybe that was one of the reasons why I was like yeah I don't need a lifeguard I'll go out there and I'd go out there Cappy I'd go out there and it used to be great just to be out in the ocean you know definitely uh, didn't think about it because I'm sure I was in uh I'm sure I was in uh waters with uh some some creatures who you know could have done harm to me. Let's just oh, put it you mean, that way. You mean swimming with the sharks? Yeah, yes. of course you were. And I didn't care. <laughs> I didn't care. I loved yeah, I being didn't. out there at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, I just, now I'll put my, uh, especially after five, I'll put my feet in the water and maybe go up to my knees. Um, and that's the extent of what I want to do. I, I just, oh man, it bothers the hell out of me, those waves anymore. Now, if you're talking about a uh, lake, that's a different story. <laughs> I'll enjoy that yeah, because yeah, I'll go in the water more often and, and enjoy myself. But I I mean the mm. the moral of the story for me is that I always feel like I need to be doing something uh, instead of just relaxing. Now I'll save that for when I go back to the house and I can sit on the deck and kind of just chill out. Other than that, you know, no no need for uh beach anymore, you know other things to do. All right then. Um Okay, well I don't know, there's no good segue to this, but uh you know, for me there, uh, there is a good segue. Staying cool <laughs> staying cool this summer. I've had the uh, luxury of my pool. Uh, to stay cool, and I've taken advantage of it. Um, and then, of course, vacation last week. Uh, I took advantage of jumping in the ocean as well. Um, we had a good week. I mean, it was hot. There were days where the heat index was really high, and, I mean, you, you would just sit down out on the deck even. You know how we've always enjoyed going out on the deck when we're at a uh, shore house? You know, you go out on the deck, you know, Pop would stay out there for hours. 
um, I could do it as well. I'll be honest with you, this, this past week I went out a few different times and I had to come back in because it was just oppressive. It, it, you're just breathing in hot air and the sun is scorching you, basically. You can feel it. So other other than that, I mean, I, I did have a number of days that I was able to enjoy the deck, get out there and um, read a little bit, basically did a lot of puzzles, you know. Uh, courtesy of our sister, she brought down some logic puzzles. Next thing you know, we're doing a bunch of logic puzzles. Uh, but we had a good week. We um, we did a number of things. I mean, we ha- we did have one night uh, of game night. Uh, in the past, whenever we've had a place down there for a week, we've always had at least a few nights of, of a quote-unquote game night. But that was fine. You know what I mean? My girls are older now. They they want to go out and do their own thing. And it's like, you know, I don't want anybody to, you know, feel obligated to stay for a game night. Take the games down. If you don't use them, bring them back home. No big deal. Um, but we had a, at least a few good nights where we were out to dinner, some good dinners. Um, I thought the one with uh, you, our sister and brother-in-law, uh was really nice at Italian restaurant. Um, man, they brought those scallops out for you. They were seared perfectly, in my opinion. So They were. And certainly, <laughs> and I you enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they were gone in no time, so I know you enjoyed it. Um, but, I mean, we took the girls out for kayaking and paddleboarding. Uh, we went to the zoo. Uh, you... You know, you went out with some mini golf that one night. I couldn't do it. I couldn't, you know, my back was bothering me that day. I was like, I could just see me bending over to putt a ball. By the time I got done, I'd be in bad shape because I was feeling oh, it you, already. You, so, it, you know. <sighs> but I did call it. Shape. I did. I did call the winner of that matchup, didn't I? Yes, oh, you did. It, uh, Six of you that went out. Mm. Uh, as you guys left, I said, I know, "I know right now who will win." And who did I pick? Your your wife. Of course, I did. It's a smart pick, and not just be- <laughs> and not just because, and not just because you know to butter her up or you know to you know get some brownie points. She's good at mini golf. She is. And you guys came home and said, first four holes, hole in ones, or four hole in ones uh, in a row. I was just like, yeah, there we go. I picked the right winner. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was nice. We had a we had a good time. The girls were saying uh, afterward, they were like, oh, next year maybe we'll get to the water park. Um. Uh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we spent a fortune as it was, but it was worth it. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, so yeah. Uh, they rented bikes. Um, what was it Friday? The last, our last day there. They rented bikes and rode bikes around. Uh, so it was nice. We had a good time. Nice and relaxing. Very well needed. Um, and we enjoyed it. So. And we stayed, we stayed cool. 
we stayed cool when we needed to, but then there were days where you just couldn't stay cool. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I stay cool every day. Cool as a cucumber. Everybody walks around and <laughs> say, yo, look at that cool dude. Yo. They are referring to Buck, ladies and gentlemen. Man, cool is so cool. Smooth. You so see, there's an. Fuck. I say cool. They say corny. Same thing. Same thing. Yeah. Basically. Basically. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's take a music break, and when we get back, we're going to get into some fantasy football talk, which, uh, I mean, the season's getting ready to start. There's an awful lot to talk about here, I think. You know us. We could talk all night about this. We could talk all day, all week. But let's take a music break, and when we get back, we'll get into that. Just want to remind everybody, we're here live every Wednesday night at 8 on Dead Air Nation Network, brought to you by Gnarly Beer Co. Go check out our sponsors at gnarlybeerco.com. And feel free to call in if you want to talk to us. I mean, we we do take calls. We do put you on the air. FYI, we do do that. And you can reach us by calling 646-668-8869. We'll be right back after this music break. You're as free as you're 
Welcome back to the Buck and Cat Show, live on Dead Air Nation Network, brought to you by our fine sponsor, Gnarly Beer Co. Go and check them out at gnarlybeerco.com. If you do make a pay, uh, purchase, please make sure you use the promo code SINISTER for a VIP discount. Welcome back to the show. Buck, it's fantasy football time. And I mean, we we got into it a little bit a couple weeks ago, but now we're coming up on the cusp of it. Um, and for the record, our, our family league hasn't held its draft yet. And I want to say every year something comes up that basically supports the reason for us to hold off on our draft until – Labor Day weekend just before the season starts. And yet again, there's another reason. I mean, just this past week, found out that uh, Andrew Luck, quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts, well, former now, he retired. He announced his retirement. He even got booed at the preseason game. Um, that's That's pretty significant, don't you think? I mean, he just... He just received comeback player of the year last year. And, I mean, it looked to be like, okay, Luck is back to himself after the injuries that he sustained the season before. Um, And, I mean, to tell you, it was like, okay. I looked at some fantasy books, and they have him ranked in the top three in most of the books as fantasy quarterback to take. Whether I agree with that or not, is a different story, but how many, how many fantasy football owners out there are now stuck with Andrew Luck? And I mean, our league, we do team quarterbacks. So at least you would have his understudy. Oh yeah. Right. Like you want him, Jacoby Brissett. But I mean, in other leagues, nope. You have to make a drop and a pickup, and you're spending money. So what's your take on all of it? My take is, well, my take is this. Like, when you first heard about it, it was a shock value. 
Um, you had to wonder why. Um, you had to, you know, kind of sit there and be like, what's going on that he that he's doing that? Now, you knew he was injured. That was known, but you didn't think it was serious. But you do have to look back at his ordeal so far uh, when he was in the NFL. You know, he missed significant time, significant time uh, throughout the years. And, you know, he said it in his press conference. You know, he was never going to put himself through that again. You know, with the aggravated injuries and the constant naggy injuries. And uh, and he stood to his word. How it all went down, though, kind of stinks. It does stink for, I think, the biggest uh, way it stinks is for the fans. You know, because you had a promising team, and he was a very mm-hmm. talented quarterback. Uh, and now two weeks uh, before the season – you get such a crushing blow. It, it's like if he blew out his knee. You know what I mean? All of a sudden, your hopes for everything in the season makes you think, oh, man, we're done. Um, And here's the thing. I think they are definitely not going to make the playoffs. But I don't think it's going to be a large margin of missing out. On the playoffs, uh, Brissett gotcha. has proven himself. He, he's 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 won games, um, and you know he's got a chance here to prove himself. Uh, you know, behind the curtain of being the backup in New England and the system and everything, now he has a chance to, you know, really show off his talent. And I think he's going to do an okay job. Not a great job. He's no Andrew Luck, but. He's going to do an okay job, you know. But that's that's what backups do. You know, they come in and they they clean it up, and that's what he's going to have to do. Uh, it's a crushing blow to the fans, though. It's a crushing blow to a franchise, you know, that puts so much time and effort as well. You, you got to remember that um, mm-hmm. into being a contender. And now it's like you're rebuilding again because it's not like it's your starting corner back. It's not like you're starting linebacker or you're starting, even you're starting like um, wide receiver. It's your quarterback. Like that is the, that's the blood of, a, a complete offense, and when, especially one that is talented, when you lose that person, it's a crushing blow. I mean, I'm thinking, I'm thinking three to four wins lost just because of that, and in a 16 week season, that's a lot. So mm-hmm. it's tough. It's tough, but. My uh, my biggest thing is is that you have to think of the person. You know, um, when he mentioned, you know, it was about injuries and everything like that. Uh, you have to sit there and say, hey, you know, you, you got to do what you got to do. 
Uh, and my biggest thing is I hope it's the end of the story. I hope he retires and stays retired. You know, because the first thing I said is I was like, in three years when he's feeling healthy, all of a sudden he wants to play football again. You know, he really screwed the pooch on the Indianapolis Colts. And that would suck. And I would totally dislike him as a player if he did it. Um, but if he stays retired, you have to respect him. You have to respect the game uh, that he played and the decisions that he made. Because, you know, you, you definitely got to remember, you know, he's given away a lot of money, you know, potential money for years to come. And that's no longer an option. And quite frankly, he mm-hmm. doesn't seem like the personality or the type of guy who's going to be good on TV. So take that away. You know, so he's not going to be doing that kind of stuff. So, you know, he this is what he chose, I'm sure. He thought long and hard about it and with his family and ultimately thought that that was the best decision for him. So kudos to him for being brave enough to do it. You know, because some guys would be like, oh, well, you know, Agreed. I'm just yeah. going to collect this cash and and go away with it. So kudos to him for doing it. I just hope that it's something that is lasting these days because I'd hate to see any franchise, even the Giants, Cowboys. You know, actually, I, if the, if this happened to the Cowboys, I'd be loving it. But <laughs> sorry, I had to cough there. Uh, but uh, now I, I hate to see it. I hate to see it for the sport. And now we talk about other sports like baseball and hockey and basketball that are lacking star power. You know, like, especially baseball is a great example of that, and hockey. Um, you know, you got some basketball players who, you know, they you can't help but notice them as stars. You know, they they walk around like I'm a star. But baseball and hockey, particularly, you know, they starve for you know they have great players, but they starve for that star player. You know what I mean? And in football, it's a little different. It's like. There are tons of star players. Like, every team at least has one. And Andrew Luck's one of those guys. So you you have to sit there and you have to be like, man, it it hurts the league. It hurts Indianapolis. It hurts a lot of things with him just going up and and just retiring. Personally, you know, you you can't hate him. I would have liked him to have done it either already before the preseason games actually started or waited out through the year and made that decision. But, you know, that's what he did, and I respect it. I think that's why fans are upset with him is because he waited until two weeks before the season started to announce it. It's kind of like, oh, you know, a little bit sooner would have been better, but – at the same time, like you said, I think you do have to respect it because we don't know the degree of injuries that, you know, um, what he's faced with with those injuries on a day-to-day basis. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he's had these injuries and he's bounced back and he plays, but 
I mean, anybody who's sustained a significant injury knows that it still lingers. It still nags you. It's not, you know, like you're 100% back to the way you were before. There's always there that little thing that, you know, sparks and, and could really uh, make it tough for you that day. And, you know, he's got his family to think of. So I think you do have to respect it. But uh, I agree. He probably could have came out sooner with this. Um, and, you know, that way they give the team enough time to prepare. I just read up that they uh, brought um, Brock Osweiler in yesterday. I'm like, oh, God, no, don't do not do it. Don't fall for it. <laughs> yeah. But, you but know, now their backup they is their starter. Somebody so they has a backup. backup. Right. That's what I just said. So, um, yeah, it's it's one of those crazy things. But what are you going to do? Um, so, coincidentally, how many leagues are you in? I'm in three. And coincidentally, and how many have uh, you? With, yeah, with the um, <laughs> with the Luxing, I've drafted one league already, and in in that league, uh, when we were doing the draft, the guy who picked Andrew Luck actually was walking up to the draft board because we do it physically in front of every each other. Uh, he walked mm-hmm. up to the draft board with his, and we had a big draft board where we stick the names up there. And he sticks the name up, and he goes, "Steal the draft!" <laughs> wow, wow, uh, and probably, probably might have been, depending on when he, you know, where he drafted him, if he didn't retire. <laughs> I mean, oh wow, that's that's true. That's irony for you. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. He he picked him up in like the eighth round, I think. So, yeah, it was it was uh it was crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, it, it's it's that's why I have always been a proponent of drafting as late as you can. Um, because of that reasoning, you know, like you said, every year. Every year it seems like one of my leagues, not ours, because we're always Labor Day weekend, um, is drafted too early. Uh, a, a clear example I will give you where it hurt me in a year that I drafted too early in a league. And it was the year of the Ray Rice debacle. Yeah, I went heavy on oh, receiver. I went heavy on receiver. I got a quarterback earlier than I usually do. And I needed a starting running back. And they were falling away quick. But I was okay because I I was just like, you know, I know why nobody was picking Ray Rice. He was going to be suspended for the first two weeks. And I was under the impression I only had to play one running back anyway. I was like, eh, I'll save this guy for, you know, week three he'll come in. Lights out, you know. He was suspended two weeks at the time. He was going to be suspended two weeks. We draft mm-hmm. early August, keep in mind, and maybe mid-August, like 
15th, 10th, somewhere around there. And keep in mind, the very next week, they all of a sudden announced that he was he was suspended indefinitely. And as we all know, he never came back to football, period. So that hurt me because I'll be honest with you, I think I finished third. And if that hadn't happened, who knows? Did I think he's the one guy that would have changed my my lineup? No. But, you know, it just I was fighting with running backs all year. I vowed then that I would never put myself in a position where I'd have to fight for running backs like that ever again. And I've uh, I've, I've been sacred to that since. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. I'm looking at some... Uh... Uh, some things for fantasy, like, you know, um, what's your, the, uh, what would you call it? The strategy, you know what I mean? But what, what's been uh, maybe a fallacy for years or what people say as far as, like, for example, drafting running backs, you know, and, I'm I'm reading this and, you know, it's like get a running back in the first round. Forget all the Twitter chatter you see telling you that running backs don't matter. If you're going to survive in this dog-eat-dog fantasy football world, you need to make sure that you have at least one of the top-tier ball carriers on your roster. So, needless to say, for years, it's always been that way in our leagues is, you know, running back, running back. I think maybe one year. They're, you know, because of the running back by committees and stuff like that, it was like, oh, I don't know, maybe I should gun for that top running or top quarterback or top receiver, you know. But I think it also matters about your scoring system. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's, yeah. that's kind of what I go by. You know that. I preach that constantly is that I look at our scoring system and I look at who's you know, done the best in our scoring system. And quarterbacks are predominantly up there, but so are the running backs. You know, and it's, I, I think it's true. You need to have a quality running back, um, you know, if you're going to be picking uh, early in the first round. For example, I looked up our draft board. And Buck has the overall first pick in the draft. That's correct, sir. So you go through basically 20 picks, you know, um, before, well, you know, really it's, you know, you make your pick, then there's 18 before it comes back to you. You know what I mean? Uh that's that's a significant amount. So I'm not getting into strategy because we're both in the same league. I'm not going to have you pinned down, oh, well, I think you should go here or you should go there. But that's an example of making sure that that first pick is 
a stud pick so that when it does come back to you and maybe the rest of the guys have gone slap happy with uh, running backs, you, you have a quality running back. Or, you know, you have that stud run, uh, quarterback or receiver and there's running backs out there that you can grab that will fit nicely for you. You know what I'm saying? You, you, but mm-hmm. I think you got to have that stud player when you pick first overall, um, you know, because you're waiting so long for it to come back to you. But uh, yes, yeah. yeah needless first to say, overall. Go ahead. Go ahead. Now go ahead. Well. First pick overall, I hate it. I really do. Um, yeah, you and I. Both. I'll be honest with you though. Like it, sometimes I look at a, a draft um, board uh, for a particular year, and I pinpoint the exact spot I would like to pick. Now I'm always happy with a five or a six because you know there's only ten to eleven picks. In between your turn, and you can come back and, and you don't have to worry about picking two right away. However, this mm-hmm. year, I'd like to be in the top three, which I am, in our league. So, the um, the reasoning being, and I, I will talk a little strategy with you, um, I, you know, about this first pick, because... Honestly, you know me. You already know where I'm going. Maybe not the actual player, but you know the position is going to be running back. I mean, you just got to be a fool to pick either a quarterback or a receiver. And typically now in any, um, any fantasy football draft you do, you pretty much already know, unless you're a rookie and you've never done it before, you pretty much everybody already knows that, you know, if you can get a high-quality run back, you got to get them. And mm-hmm. here's the way I equate it. You have three guys, in my opinion, and maybe I don't mention the guys. That's pretty fine. much don't. know. But yeah. there are three guys, in my opinion, in the running back position who are, you know what, I will mention them because it doesn't matter. I have the first pick. There's no changing that. So you have Saquon Barkley, you have Alvin Kamara, and you have Christian McCaffrey. These three guys are good at getting yardage. You know, 1,500 yards combined total, each one of them will get. Good at getting a good amount of touchdowns. Um, you know, in, in they all have pros and cons of where they are. But a receiver, mm-hmm. a star receiver, stud receiver, right, only receives balls. He's got to get it from a quarterback. He only gets, you know, unless you're like a Julio Jones and you get a thousand in every every game, you know, he only gets an average of seven to ten if he's that stud, that really good one. You know, and that's it. 
you don't see him get the ball and run it from the backfield. You know what I mean? So now you have three guys who do that. Decent receivers. Catch the ball very well from the backfield. And to boot, they get a ton of rushing yards. They have possibilities all over the place to score touchdowns. In my opinion, you have to be stupid to not pick one of these three with the number one pick. And I'll be honest with you, it doesn't matter which three, in my mind, it doesn't matter which three out of those three I do pick because I'm going to be happy with them unless they get injured. That's always the scary part. I remember I got David Johnson one year. I was like, finally, got David Johnson, got him with the first pick, got injured that year. Was injured most of the year. Mm. Um, yeah, I remember one year with Terrell Davis. Same thing. Got injured that year. And I had first pick overall, only got injured, and I, I suffered. So it's a scary proposition for anybody. Everybody's going to have to deal with injuries. You got to go accordingly. It's part of the game, and it's part of dealing with it and dealing with what you got to do. And there's been a lot of years I have had bad injuries that wound up uh, killing my team, but to me, I feel like most of those times I've been satisfied because I've done something to make my team actually presentable and to compete. Uh, so, you know, that that's how I feel about that. But back to the number one pick overall. You have to be a fool not to pick one of these guys. You have to. Like, um, who are you going to pick receiver-wise if this guy, if these guys are getting significant, you know, close to between 700 to 1,000 yards receiving themselves? And then they run the ball? That's where you go. Uh, in my opinion, the first three picks should be those three guys. Interesting now, enough. Now, if, in if I could add, in our scoring system – the top receiver, who was Tyreek Hill, and other receivers underneath of him were nearly 20 points uh, below him in scoring. He was only 16th overall in scoring. Now, if you go by the average of the of the receivers, I mean, we're talking an even bigger drop. We're talking, you know, in, in the 20s. In scoring, so I agree with you. Why wouldn't you go running back or even quarterback before these guys? You know, right? Uh, yeah. But it it all comes down to you know trying to get like you hear me talk about it all the time. I talk about tiers in fantasy football. We have five positions for running backs and five positions for receivers, which includes tight ends. Um, So you got to look at it and say, okay, who's worth being your number one guy? Maybe it's better looking at it like this. If you wound up drafting a guy like, I don't know, let's, let's use somebody who's kind of ranked up there, but, uh, here, here's here's a perfect scenario, I think. 
Derrick Henry with Tennessee. All right. They've got him listed, I don't know, seven in this one magazine and pretty high in uh, the other magazine. Um, he was probably less than ten. Let's let me count it up. Two, four, six, eight, ten, eleven. So he was twelfth overall in running back scoring. Right. So would you be comfortable with Derrick Henry being your number one running back? Probably not, because if the if the skill tails off from there, you're probably going to be hurting throughout the year in running back. You know, I'm just yeah. an observation. So, I mean, I look at it and go, okay, tier one, then tier two. But here's the thing. They're really only about a handful, maybe a little bit more, of running backs that I feel are a quality-worthy tier one running back. So I draft ninth overall in this draft. So based on that, I have to, you know, prepare for all those tier one guys on my list to be gone and then – figuring out what do I do in that position? You know, do I get two quality running backs to tier two? Now, fortunately, there is a good amount of running backs that can, you know, you you team them up. You're probably going to be okay with that, you know, and um, it's just one of those things like who do you pick when? And then looking at which wide receiver can you get that's going to be enough of a stud for you that you can focus on shoring up that running back spot if you if you really need to. You know what I'm saying? Because you never know what guys uh, do in the draft. Here's something I think in our in our draft before it gets to me. I think somebody's drafting Patrick Mahomes, which in my opinion is way, way too early to be picked. Here's the thing. Sophomore year, teams are are looking at the footage. So that doesn't mean he's not going to have a decent year because I'll tell you this right now. I think teams can study the footage all they want. And this guy – seems to be better when he's on the run, when he's scrambling and has to improvise. You know, I think, I think he's one of those guys, uh, you know, that uh, excels at doing that. So he's still going to, he's still going to do good no matter what you do, but I just don't think um, he's going to be as good as he was certainly as good as he he had a record year last year i mean these were historic numbers for any quarterback really some of his not all of his numbers but you know some of his he had 50 touchdowns that doesn't include the two that he ran in you know what i'm saying it's like wow the next the next guy uh, was what was it? 
was it 39? Yeah, 39 touchdown passes by Andrew Luck. That was the next closest okay. guy to him. Crazy. And touchdown passes. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, so well, needless to say, I don't think he'll do that, but I do think he'll do just fine. But I, I, back to me saying somebody's going to draft him, do you agree or disagree with that? Well, that that's why I was saying it's, it's kind of funny. Um, because it's a mistake. We mean you know that. But it's a, it's a mistake that the rest of the league, and I mean everybody else, has to make this guy pay for. You know what I mean? So, in other words, in the second round and in the third round, you have to you have to rely on these guys picking the right people, picking the right picks at the right time, where this guy's going to wind up having a stud quarterback. In my prediction, he's not going to be the best quarterback point-wise this year, but it, he's going to be top five and probably top three. And I would agree with that. My thing is, is that, I, I, in my evaluation of it, you know, I feel like I can maybe find a stud at a different time in the draft. But if I were like in number seven, number eight, it's something you got to think about. If the right guy came down to me as far as running back wise, and I could sneak him in in the second round. Mahomes being Mahomes, uh, then maybe I think about, you know, pulling the trigger in the second round, but not in the first. Now, agree. You keep in mind, I, I actually agree with you. I think somebody's going to go <laughs> in the first round and pick that guy up. I really do. Um, and I think that you might get lucky because I think there's going to be – maybe two receivers at that point, you're number nine. So you got to think in eight picks, there's five running backs that are going to be chosen. That's just a prediction. Two receivers and the quarterback. And it comes to you. You're, I would think that you would be happy with that. Wouldn't you? Because then you have the number six, the number six running back is, I'm hoping that's what happens, Buff, because I actually see it the same way. I honestly think before it gets to me, somebody's going to take Mahomes, and two of the of the top receivers are going to be gone. And I'm now, okay with that. Brother man. Yes. Let's talk to you and me first. Okay, we're okay. going we're gonna to talk this out. All right, five okay. running backs are chosen, right? Yep. In our league. Who's number 10, by the way? Do you know who's number 10? Uh, our brother-in-law, Hubert. Yes, that's what I Mr. thought. J.H.G. Legend. The, the, the big thing about that, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a big thing for me. It's a big thing because – 
I'm looking at a list that I have printed out from myself uh, for my first draft. I have names crossed off, but I was looking at the crossed off names, and I'm looking at running backs. And I'm just predicting that there's going to be a guy there that people are going to stay away from. Todd Gurley. Yeah, Would you agreed. be happy at number nine having He's Todd Gurley? Right yeah. If, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, if, if, yes. if you ask me at five with the fifth pick, no. You know? I, I think there's other guys to be had, but, yeah, I, I'd, I'd be happy with that, certainly. I mean, let's look at the numbers here, Buck. Todd Gurley, I believe, was number two overall. And, uh, yeah, yep, he was. Number two overall running backs scoring last year. Now, we know the caveats and why people are going to avoid him. But, yeah. I think it's worth it. And you mentioned a guy in Derrick Henry. Mm -hmm. There are guys that I have on lists, and I usually (laughs) read off the list or make the list and never print it out, um, that I just say to myself, I'm staying away from. Derrick Henry is on that list. Derrick Henry is on that list for me as well. The fact that a lot of fantasy owners honestly go off of lists, and one specifically that I think about is ESPN. Um, they look yeah. at it and they go, "Ooh!" and they just look at names and they sit there and say, "Ooh, I like that guy. I like that guy. Ooh, Derrick Henry's up there. Uh, there's a couple other guys that, you know, like a Carryon Johnson. Ooh, Carryon Johnson, look how high he is. And he hasn't been picked yet. Guys are going to pick those kind of guys. Right. And I'm going to sit back, relax, and say thank you. And because those guys are not on my list at all. And there's a couple other guys that I will mention. Unless I get into a tight bond and I'm like, you know what? That person is far away better than anything else I'm getting at that position right now. I guess I'm going to have to choose. That's the only way a guy like that gets on my list. And it's going to be far down into the draft. So oh. that that's just the way I look at it. There are guys like that in every position. Like, have at it. Have fun. Enjoy that that player as a player for you. And I am going to sit there and sneak off a guy who nobody's thinking about or talking about. Because he's a little further down right. on the list. But I think he's going to do well. But you also have to look at the upside there. I, I think you and I are very similar, first off. We're very similar in everything you just said, you know, with the guys and people get caught up in these lists. I think guys tend to forget the week-to-week performances of guys like a Derrick Henry. You know what I mean? Uh, on Johnson. Um, you know, they they might have ended up in, say, the top 10 or the top 15 in scoring by the end of the season. But they probably also had, in the case of Derrick Henry, um, they had two or three duds of a week. 
fantasy football wise. You know what I'm saying? And Mm -hmm. that could cost you a game. It could cost you a game. And, you know, granted, they have a couple big weeks, which make up the points. You know what I'm saying? But typically in those big weeks, you really didn't need that from them. You know what I mean? A lot of things, a lot of times in in our league, we're a low-scoring league. We don't need to have 100-plus points to to prove that, you know, there's a lot of scoring in this league and, you know, other leagues that do tenths of a point. We started this league when we did the rules. We tried to keep it a little more realistic. You don't see national football um, games out there, you know, the, the pros, with a score of, 157 to 136. You don't see that. Granted, you typically don't see some of our scores, you know, even some of our lowest scores uh, all the time, like a, you know, say a 63 to, to 47. But you and I both know we've had plenty of weeks where we've seen, you know, uh, scores out there that have been, you know, 42 to 35, you know, something like that. That's a little more realistic. And, I mean, we don't need those those high points. Um, you know, I think people get wrapped up in that, too. But that's okay. Don't get me wrong. That is okay. Score is the score. You take a, a guy like that and, you know, let's say that league um, gives points, you know, uh, exuberant points for touchdowns, what have you, whatever it may be. If you have a similar uh, scoring structure, you know, not the scoring system, you know what I'm saying? But if you have a similar scoring structure, you take that guy like, like uh, Saquon Barkley or Alvin Kamara, he's doing good in that league and he's doing good in this league, regardless of the scoring system. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, but anyway, I think guys get wrapped up in that sometimes, and they tend to forget that they struggle with that guy. Here's another example. There's a couple quarterbacks out there, and I'll name one specifically. Um, Mr. Wilson from Seattle. (laughs) He starts out slow every year. Uh, Here's another guy, and I had him last year. He drives, I even said when I picked him because, you know, some guys, you know, they were smart about it in our league. They they looked at a couple of us who didn't have our quarterbacks yet, and they had a, a good structure, and they drafted their backup quarterback. I'm thinking I'm going to get a decent quarterback, um, and boom, they're gone. So I wound up with our good friend that drives us nuts all the time. I even said, I'm going to pick this guy, but he's going to, I know he's going to drive me nuts all season. Phillip Rivers. He <laughs> starts out slow. Russell Wilson starts out slow. They wind up getting garbage points in some games. And then there's other games where it's like you're pulling your hair out. You're like, oh, my God, just, you know, bomb it out there. Give me, give me a 42-yarder. Come on, you know. <laughs> so, and it doesn't happen a lot of times. But. 
I mean, right. those those are guys that I try to stay away from. You know, I know they'll be okay in a pinch, but I try to stay away from them because week to week, you're you're probably cursing at the TV. You know, and the other yeah, factor well, for me with Rivers is his attitude. I mean, he he has that when he starts yelling at his um, his players, receivers, running backs, whatever, and his coaches. He's always yelling at the coaches, mind you. But when he starts when he starts doing the whole blame game, and you could see it in his facial expressions, like Oh my God, what are you doing? I I can't stand that. It, it, you're alienating your players, and you can't help but think those guys are going to be like, "Well, screw you," you know. You know if you're going to if you're going to point it to me, I mean, things do happen. Well, let's talk about the other hundred catches that I've gotten for you. You know, it's all but forgotten on this one drop that you know maybe wasn't a real easy catch. But maybe it wasn't real hard either, but he just goes off, and it drives me nuts when he does that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you're right about the quarterback thing is, you know, first of all, um, last year in our league, I that was my weakest position. Um, man, I, I'll tell you, I, I'm going to admit something right now. I'm never getting that mm-hmm. lucky again. I got completely lucky. You already mentioned Tyree Kill being the top receiver um, points-wise, and then you, you, Saquon Barkley was the top uh, running back points-wise, and I had them both. And, you know, it, it wasn't just those guys. You know, I was like, I, I couldn't have gotten any luckier. Um, I chose to do three I, – I had before the draft – um, I basically mapped up in my head three different strategies. It's what I do with all my drafts. Um, and it helps me to to be in a situation where I, I don't panic and do stupid things in the middle of the draft uh, when things don't go my way. Um, last year, one of those strategies was to you know to grab honestly if if he was available I think I chose number seven and in my head I thought to myself the guy who's going to be available at number seven is going to be Saquon Barkley and I like that choice I'm going to go with it just pretty much in my head the whole time I was like that's where I'm going to go now from there you know I had to make a, a decision you know, and my decision was, you know, if a certain running back or two, I think there were two in my head, make it to me on my next pick, I'm going to choose them. And in this case, it was Melvin Gordon. So <laughs> I went with that. So now I'm, I'm heavy on running back, and I'm going into it with my, the next couple of picks. And I'll be honest with you. At that point, I already knew I wasn't getting the marquee receiver. You know what I mean? So, 
I went with the best available receiver who I knew I, I mixed it up and I was like, I'm going to go with guys as far as stats wise who get a lot of volume, a lot of receptions, decent, decent yards builds into that. Maybe not touchdown guys. Um, and then Tyree kill was the one I was like, I have to take him at this point. Um, but he's speedy, and I already have had him before. I know what he was like. Um, you're going to get – I call it the, the Sean Jackson syndrome. You're going to get monster games from him, and he's going to score a ton of points in those games because of his speed, and he's going to beat people and everything like that. I didn't think he would sustain so well last year. I thought he would be that kind of guy. And other guys that I – put into that category are like Brandon Cooks um, and Deshaun Jackson, obviously. I call it Deshaun Jackson syndrome. And so I that that's where I, I was okay with it and he wound up having a monster year. Uh, I think what won me the championship was getting value in the middle of the draft uh, later rounds than he should have gone he definitely won't go that late this year, and that's Julian Edelman. At the time, I picked out Julian Edelman as my number four receiver. Nobody was picking him because of the four-game suspension. I had so much value there that I had to just go with him, and it turned out to do wonders for me. You know, my, my receivers were Tyree Kill, Adam Thielen, Jarvis Landry, Julian Edelman and whoever I had as number five. I can't remember. And I chose him late. So, like I said, that's never going to happen again. But that's the thing. That's the strategy. You, you have to you have to make decisions mm-hmm. where you're going to go. And it goes to, you know, I look on the board, I see names and names that I like. And I say to myself, if I can get them in this round, I'm going to do it. Last year it was Deshaun Watson in the fifth round. That's what I did. And, you know, I'm doing it again. You know, there are names in my head that I'm like, if that person is available in a certain round, then I don't care if it's reaching or if people think it's reaching. I'm going to choose that player because that's who I want on my team. And I've done it for the last few years in the strategies that I come up with and if wound up working for me, you know, I wound up uh, doing pretty good as far as in my leagues, I'm in three making playoffs and, and doing well. And, you know, at some point the, you know, the cookie crumbles, but not in our league last year, I got lucky and I was able to uh, pull off the win. But even with the team that I told you I had, you know, it's not easy. You you have those moments like, you know, championship, I was worried. And that'll happen. And so there's a lot of luck involved in order to win championship, no matter how talented your team is. I had a really talented mm-hmm. team last year. I did win it. But that's not always the case. And it's like they say, any given Sunday, man. That's true. Now, what do you think regarding Tyreek Hill? You brought him up, and I immediately thought, you know, how many magazines and and other strategists um, 
had him far lower than he would have been had he not had any issues, which, by the way, um, you know, there was no evidence, no suspension for, for the Chiefs, um, Tyreek Hill. You know, when all everything all uh, played out. But, you know, it was, what was it, uh, assault charges on his fiance or was it his kids? I can't remember. There's so many different ones out there. Now, didn't Kareem Hunt have an issue there as well? Yeah. So much. Yeah, but the, so much the video evidence. Got. The video evidence on Kareem Hunt is significant. I think that's what is lacking in the Tariq Hill incident. In the in the what what? In the Tyreek Hill incident. The uh-huh. the actual like I don't know I didn't see video I don't even know if there's one out I didn't but I, yeah I, I didn't think, either but I saw the Kareem Hunt one and boy yeah he he went he went off on that girl and yeah. you know that's why he's getting punished for it. It's, what was the final on him is. Did the suspension come down, or is it, are they still in the middle of he's all still, that? Because I know these guys stay Okay. Now, it's just – and, I mean, didn't the Browns pick him up or something like that? Yes. The Browns picked him oh. up. And to be honest with you, you know, whatever happens there, if, the, if it turns out that he winds up not serving a – a long suspension, which I think he will. You know, then the Browns are like, ooh, look what we did. But I, I really think he's out at least this year. And going forward, who knows? Mm-hmm. Stupid, stupid things. I mean, you got the – we've seen it. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it, it's not a ton – but we've seen so many young players that come into the league and I mean, they, they're going to, they explode. They're going to have a great career. And then they do stupid stuff off the field um, that ruins it. Uh, I can't think of anyone, uh, you know, worse than what was it? Hernandez with, uh, with the Patriots. I mean, you're yeah. on the hook for murder, and wasn't it his uh, his wife's brother or his girlfriend's brother or something like that? I mean, wow! Talk about throwing a career away, and you know, and then he committed suicide. So, yeah, well, he threw his career away. Aaron Hernandez, by the way, I just said Hernandez. I'm sorry. Yeah. But um, I mean, there's just yeah, so many things. Here's the thing. Here's the thing that you bring up with the Tyree kill and the Kareem Hunt. I feel like sometimes there's just many challenges as a fantasy football owner. You know, sometimes it's a moral mm-hmm. challenge. Uh, sometimes it's just the challenge of wondering what is going to happen. 
and you have to make a decision. You know, am I going to risk choosing this player because he could very well get suspended? Um, or am I risking, you know, choosing this player who isn't going to get suspended in, in the case of Tyree Kill, but doesn't really um, share a moral code with you? And right, you know, that's some people stick like we know. Dad would never choose a guy like that. Stick by his guns. He won't care. He 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 would he would choose a different guy um, because he'd be like, I will not choose that guy because of what he did, and he stuck by his guns. So mm-hmm. you know, honestly, I'm not that guy. I um, I don't think it's clear cut for me because when they come back and say that there's insufficient evidence there, their their caption was. No evidence, no suspension. I mean, I I remember it plainly in one of the, uh, I don't know, ESPN or even NFL Network or something like that. You know, no no evidence, no suspension. So for me, it's a matter of, okay, do I think there's a, a little bit of doubt there that maybe you really did this? How can I prove that? You know what I'm saying? But if he is there, if people let him drop, I mean, to tell you, Buck, he's not on the list on the book that I got. I mean, and it's it's basically, I mean, it's fantasy football index that we've gone by for years. Um, And granted, I just use it as as something to, to guide uh, you know, with the names, really. You know, it's, it's more so about the names, and I don't really put a lot of emphasis on where they put them. I don't, I don't think I ever agree with any magazine's um, placement. I might sit there and go, yep, Saquon Barkley, yep, number one running back, I agree. DeAndre Hopkins, number one receiver, I agree. But I, in all likelihood, if I go by the top five, I'm going to look at it and go, mm, mm, I'll swap out one, maybe two, you know, something like that. But I don't see him. And on the depth chart in the magazine, they have him listed. Let me look at this again. Fourth on the depth chart of receivers. I, I find that difficult that, you know, yeah. Well, that he's not in the top two. Come, that's come another day, thing. he's going to be starting out there. Is is how I look at it. Right. And, and the thing that you mentioned there, and that I'll bring up, is that you know, every year in our league and in, in other leagues as well, there's always that guy, where a couple guys who <clears throat> don't pay attention to that. They they see a list and they don't see the name Tyree Kill, and their mind never thinks, oh that guy's out there, and you always hear it too at at the draft. He gets picked. He's like, I don't even see that guy's name on my list. That was what was right. wrong. Something was wrong with him, right? Well, you weren't paying attention. 
Um, and that's the thing. Like, you know that's going to happen. You know there's going to be guys. And it might not mention it like I did, I did, but you know there's going to be guys at our draft, at least one, who has the same book as you or another book that they're going to buy, and that name isn't on there, and they totally forget about them. And they probably could have had him. Um, I think maybe I found- when you're looking at him, he'll he'll be gone by the second mm-hmm. round, end of the second round, for sure. I think so. Um, but that being said, I still think that that's going to happen. And you know, sometimes there's a guy like that that whatever list you're going down is very far down on the list, and you weren't thinking of it because you're looking at guys ahead of them and somebody comes Mm -hmm. in and swoops them away because they pay attention. That's how fantasy football leagues are won. Luck and maneuvers like that. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's, that's where it happens. That's where the magic happens there. I, I found it interesting that, He's not in this list. I keep looking it up and down, up and down. I'm like, seriously? Really? And, you know, I'm looking the first KC receiver, Sammy Watkins. Okay. You know? And then you look down the list, they've got Robinson. I'm like, okay. Robinson's like 34th, I think, overall for them. But then after that, and I'm, I keep looking at up and down and up and down. There's no Kansas City receiver. And I found it kind of odd because we know the situation with Josh Gordon over the years where he's had issues and was he going to be suspended for the full season? And he was still in fantasy football books. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, man, oh, man. This is a guy that was going to jail. (laughs) Um, I tell you. Here's here's another issue that I want to bring up as a owner, what you do and what you deal with. Um, is it, there's something new that has uh, started to happen, and it might be something that affects you know fantasy football owners this year because you got to make a decision, like I said. So we all know what happened a few years ago with Le'Veon Bell. He held out for the whole year. Or, and, Mm -hmm. you know, he refused to play. And he wound up getting picked up by the Jets this year. But he held out that whole year. He didn't care. Until he got traded, he held out that whole year. Um, I feel like that's a trend that you're going to see more often. And I don't believe the guy. But as a fantasy football owner, now you got to think. And now you got to make a decision. Right now, you have two guys out there in Ezekiel Elliott and Melvin Gordon, where this very well possible this could happen again. Mm-hmm. And now you got to make a decision. And, you know, for a guy like Ezekiel Elliott, does he drop because of it? Yeah. Who knows? But if he does drop, that's, again, that's something like, for instance, Something you should think about with the ninth and eleventh pick. Well, I got to tell just, you, Jerry you know, Jones. 
just the other day said, nothing to report. We haven't had any discussions. I'm like, ooh, you know? And, and, you know, the owners, they always throw certain things out there like, hey. And I I agree with this statement. I think I'm paraphrasing, but, you know, we've got to – We've got to win with the players that we have and not worry about the players that we don't have type of thing, you know? Right. So now a lot of the analysts write, oh, it looks like the Cowboys are prepared to go the season without Elliott, much like um, Steelers went without Le'Veon Bell. So, you know, you look at Mm -hmm. these things and, yeah, I, I think Elliott, I think they want him come playoff time. You know what I'm saying? I think they're right. probably okay with a few games. You know, knowing Jerry Jones, he, he's he's greedy. You know what I'm saying? And let's say mm-hmm. those first few games don't go so well for them. Um, you know, they, they feel as though uh, they can survive with uh, Tony Pollard, I think they were saying, you know, going to be – the number one guy there, but can they? That's the question. Will it happen? And let's yeah. say they struggle a little bit. You know, he, he, I think he's that guy that's going to want him there by playoff time um, and not at the playoffs. He's, he's going to want him, a, you know, some games in there beforehand. Now, I think a guy like Melvin Gordon, this could hurt him if he, yes. if he goes down that I agree. route. I agree. I mean, it's a different situation. I mean, let's let's. Just, I love Melvin Gordon, by the way, but let's just face the situation. The situation that Dallas is in, they need Elliott more than the Chargers need Gordon. It's a it's a fact. I agree. And it's 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 something that if you look at the numbers last year. You know, and trust me, you know, I, I know because I had Gordon and did very well for me, but they, I I know that this certainly hurts him. And he, he needs to make a deal. And first of all, this needs to be something that needs to be addressed uh, between players in the NFL because guys – all of a sudden, you know, after three years of their rookie year, are deciding they're not going to play at all, and they want a new deal and everything like that, and, you know, teams aren't going to give it to them. It really comes down to running backs. I I hate the fact that the running back has gone down so low, and a guy that is that good can't get his money. You should have done an extension back now. I mean, you look at a team like the Eagles, right? Same thing happened with the Eagles with uh, Carson Wentz. They got a deal done. They got an extension done. And right now, it might seem like a lot of money, but think of the amount of money that's going to be paid in the next four to five years for guys like this. And you're, and especially if he turns out to be good, you know, they they did something and they're they were smart about it and they wound up taking that money hit now. And extending this guy, and it might be it, now the the Dallas Cowboys are thinking hardball, and honestly, keep thinking it. If Melvin or if uh, 
if Ezekiel Elliott decides to sit out the whole year, as an Eagles fan, you got to love that because Dallas has no shot if that's the possibility. You know, the the hmm. the, the one year Dak suffered so badly without him. And, you know, to think that that's not going to be uh, – that's not going to change this year if he doesn't show up. And you got something wrong there, buddy. You you know what's going to happen. So it, it makes me happy. Because well, they've um, seen it happen already. <laughs> I mean, that's why I think – that's why I think they're going to sign Zeke at some point. I mean, we've seen when well, yeah, he wasn't we, on the field. So – but the thing is, is that the Le'Veon Bell incident makes you realize that this is this is a possibility now. Yeah. And I disagree with somebody sitting out all season because they're not getting paid. Um, because they are getting paid. If they're under contract, they're under contract. It's a contract they signed. So to sit out, yeah, it bothers me. You know what I mean? You know, notorious when they're in their last year of the contract, notoriously teams and players are, you know, starting to have discussions. You know, at least the elite players, like Ezekiel Elliott. But doesn't Zeke have two years left on his? Something exactly. like that? So it's like Exactly. So it's like, okay, well, what what are we doing now? And And for the record, I, I think he's he deserves the money when you've got I when you've so got good. teams you know you look at the um uh what what do they call it the retail sales for his jersey and the you know the ticket prices that they can charge because everybody's coming to see Zeke you know he there's a factor in that he's not the only one. There's other players on the team that contribute to that. You got the elite players on teams that draw that revenue. They deserve it. But at the same time, for me, if you have two years left on a contract, this is not the time to be, you know, uh, sticking your feet in mud and going, I'm not budging. You know, it's, this is the time to, to prove to yourself Prove to the team that you absolutely are worth it. And in that last year, you know, then you go after it. You know what I'm saying? Right. My true belief is that this is all something that we've seen many times before. Mm-hmm. And that is they're going to get signed next week. At, at least – Ezekiel Elliott will get signed next week. Yeah, but Melvin yeah, Gordon I may, might not be, might not. And, and you know, you've seen it years and years in the past where, you know, players do this a couple reasons. One, they they want the money, of course. But two, they don't want to do training camp. So they're like, I'm sitting out training camp until I get yep. a new deal. And then if that new deal doesn't come, they'll be like, you know what? I'm going to sign my franchise tag and I'm going to play. Or I'm going to do this and I'm going to play. You know, and I'll uh, I'll work it out after that. They just didn't want to come to training camp. Um, so I think that might be the Ezekiel Elliott way of going thing with things. 
Um, and Dallas is just going to pay them, pay them, you know, because he wasn't budge and beginning of the season's coming and they want to win. But Melvin Gordon, different situation. I feel like that could be something that, you know, is going to, is going to really hurt him, uh, in the long run. And really hurt people in fantasy. You know, what do you do with that guy? I think he's definitely going to drop, and he's going to drop hard. And no matter yeah. how hard he drops, it's going to be a scary situation to want to pick him up. No, no matter where he is and what what round he's still there, it's going to be. It's something. It's definitely going to be basically you know holding your breath and, and hoping for the best. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, there's just so many things out there that uh, play variables into your draft. For example, we were talking, I'm at nine. You know, if Zeke Elliott's there, what do I do? You know? Um, I just, I think... He's a guy that's tough to pass up, whereas Melvin Gordon, you know, maybe I go, yeah, I'll, I'll wait another round, you know, and see how that shakes out. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, for, for me, if I were in your position right now and a guy like him drops, um, I, I'm going to be honest with you, I, I – make the decision to pick him up just because of the value of it all. And, mm-hmm. you know, if he, if it doesn't pan out, I know in that decision right there that it's a gamble and I'm gambling with my season right there. Cause if it doesn't work out, you're not going anywhere. But at that point, I know myself and I know I'm willing to, chance that for the value that I could be picking up by picking him at that point. Uh, but again, Melvin Gordon is a, is a different scenario where I would sit there and I would say, well, there's other ways to go here. Other plans, yeah. other strategies. I'm just going to let somebody else make the decision to do that. And I am going to take that and sit there and say, Hey, he takes him, that means this guy's going to still be available. And, th- and that's where I am. So, like I said with a few other guys, you know, like Derrick Henry, you know, Melvin Gordon, I had him last year, loved him, did great for me. But with his situation right now, be honest with you, I'm not, it's not, he's not even in my radar. Not even if it gets back to me at the end of the second, third round, he's still there. You know, I probably, you know, decisions are decisions. You got to look at what's there at the time. But I will tell you probably 95% that you will not see him on my team at that moment. Yeah, same. Not at that moment. If he slips to like the, you know, fourth running back position or or, or greater, yeah. Yeah, then I'll, then I'll take a... Uh, that's the scenario that I took with Julian Edelman last year, and it worked. Yeah. 
Yep. Who's in the background? Exactly. I hear him. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the family's down in the basement today, and the <laughs> dog keeps coming into the room. Um, as we've been doing this show, I've had the dog come in on and just sit down by me and you know, get petted, like ample amount of times, probably a fifth time. And the last couple of times, the middle boy has come in and you know made a little racket, you know, and and whatnot. But I got the buddy in here. He drives me up a wall sometimes, a lot of times. When uh, the rest of the crew ain't here, but love him to death. Just don't let him know that. Dog, yeah. he doesn't understand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my dog was in in here with me for over well over an hour before he finally got up and left me. Uh, mhm. It's just if he uh, yeah. starts acting up, which he isn't. He just wants to be pet. I'm sitting here nice and gingerly pet. Did you see that uh, uh, Carly Lloyd kicked a 55-yard field goal? You know, this was in Philly, right. by the way, their preseason game. And now she's fielding calls from NFL teams. So much so that, you know, she laughed it off at first, and now she's seriously considering – uh, the possibilities. I mean, certainly it's different in game. I say that about any kicker, not the fact that mm-hmm. she's a woman. I mean, she's a soccer player right. and has a strong leg. And, you know, a lot of um, kickers, you know, come from either soccer or like the Australian league where they, they are kicking that ball. I mean, it's just, you know, hey, if they're good enough, they're good enough. But, I always say it about kickers. You know, you could sit there and just, you know, run up to the ball and kick it and, and be like, wow, man, 60-yard field goal. Oh, my God, we got to sign him. But then in right. the game situation, when the ball snap and you have to – you've got to have that timing. you got to, you know, go quickly. It's a different and you see story. all those people rushing up uh, on you. It's a whole different ball game. Yeah, it's a different story, but I, I think I think she could probably do it. Question is, would she? I mean, kickers. Well, let's put it this way: as soon as you start doing bad, you're out. I mean, if she feels like she still has a number of years left in soccer, I don't know that you take that chance. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because you, you know soccer, football's football's a different different monster. Um, I will I will say that if I were a coach, and I saw this lady do that, like say for instance, if I was the coach of the Bears, and I saw oh, her Bears. do that, I would definitely have to field in my mind how I could make that work, because honestly, for me. I could never put her in a situation where she's kicking the ball off after a field goal or any points are scored and she's kicking the ball off. Because what if that ball doesn't get uh, downed in the end zone or let go to be downed in the end zone? What if the person Mm -hmm. fields it 
what if the person, what if it's short and he has to field it? And all of a sudden, there's a situation where she's going to have to try to make a tackle. Um, that's a scary proposition with what you see happen in special teams on the men's side. It'd be a scary, com- yeah, you a scary proposition. Your kick would get hurt, right? You know, and and a girl like are are teams prepared for that? But if I could find out, and they they did this, if I could uh, look at it in the sense of okay, well, I can have her hit the field goals. I can have her hit the extra points, and then have a punter who's capable of kicking it off. That's the way I would think of it and, and you know, kind of go with it if I were a coach. Uh, it's just a scary proposition to think about um, with the injuries. You know, you see, we've seen, we've seen uh, teams that have a separate kicker for their field goals versus kickoffs. I mean, you have right. uh, veteran kickers that have the accuracy, but then when it comes time for kickoff, they they just don't have the leg that they used to, you know. And right. they put other they put other guys out there, so it, it, it's not far fetched. I mean, it, it's it's it, been it, done. It is it isn't far fetched at all, but it's just you have to think that at some moment something's going to happen and she's going to be put in a situation that is very dangerous for a woman in the most highly contact sport known in America to deal with. Mm-hmm. Scary. Hmm. Yes. 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 Uh, um, that's, uh, we're getting down to the wire. Why don't we... Why don't we call it a night? We'll, we'll uh, play some music to uh, take us out and everything. I mean, it was uh, it was good. We could probably continue to go on about things, but here's the problem: we don't have enough time to get into another <laughs> another yeah. discussion. I mean, right. we just don't because there's so much that. Um, can be said, probably should be said, but, uh, you know, we have our draft coming up Sunday. Any, any bold predictions? Well, I like your bold prediction that uh, Mahomes will go before you pick number nine. That's a, that's a good prediction. Um, bold prediction is that at the end of the year, somebody who we think drafted a bad team yes, comes I out agree. victorious. It's almost every year something like that happens. We go, oh, wow, I think he's going to struggle. And then all of a sudden, yeah. you know, things just I pan think out. And you're like, what the? I, yeah, I think somebody – I think somebody's going to have a bad draft – and wind up winning the whole thing. That's what I feel. <laughs> wow. And mind you, I'm going into this draft after knowing that I was picking number one. Um, basically telling you I don't think I have 
the I, I will compete, but I don't know if I'll have the ability to win it this year. First of all, yeah, I hear you. Back back anyway, but you know I'm going in there with high spirits. You know I enjoy doing drafts. I enjoy going through all that strategy and getting that done. But I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to be tough from the one hole to to kind of pull one off. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I'll give you my outside of the prediction that I already did. I'll give you another. I don't know if you call it a bold prediction. But I think the person who wins the league this year does it because of the moves they make during the season, drops and pickups. I don't think we're going to see someone like you last year who came out with a drafted team that was just a powerhouse. I think I think that there's going to be <laughs> – I think it's going to be a little bit more even. We might have a team or two, but the one who's going to win it is going to need to make some moves. Yeah. That's my prediction. And there are going to be moves to be made. That's for sure. Yes. Anyway, we are down to the last 10 seconds they just mentioned. It says 20 here. Uh, Just a reminder, all of our listeners, we're here every Wednesday live at 8 here on Dead Air Nation Network. Check out our sponsors, Gnarly Beer Co. at gnarlybeerco.com. We'll see you all next week.